Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Puck and Write Chicago podcast. Uh, this is our 49th show that we've done, so we're only one away from 50, which is crazy. We will hit 100 this upcoming season, which is pretty pretty crazy to think about that it's been almost a year. It'll be a year next month since we've started this podcast. But uh, how are you doing tonight, Megan? How's it going this lovely Sunday evening? <laughs> After the computer issues I've had, it's, it's been better. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's okay, you know. It's the first, it's the first, I was going to say before we get into hockey, it's the first Sunday of the NFL season. Praise be the Lord. Um, Watched the Bears get their butts whooped last week, which was just great. I mean, at least we know we can kick a field goal, but uh, watched the, watched Dallas today. We watched the Cubs lose today, so I'm watching all of my teams lose these, uh, these last couple weeks. You watched, um. Not to, like, rub it in, but you watched both of your teams lose to both of my teams. Oh, I did. Oh, I know. I uh, kind of want to jump off a cliff. I wasn't going to say it. I wasn't going to go there, but I felt like I really needed to go there because... There are no two other teams I hate more in this world than the Milwaukee Brewers and the Green Bay Packers, to be completely honest, besides maybe the St. Louis Cardinals. Like, those are the top three teams that I just... No matter what happens, I uh, just can't cheer for them. We'll never cheer for them. Don't like any single player that plays on those teams, even Dexter Fowler. Um, I can't do it. So, uh, yeah, so it's been a rough week for uh, Chicago sports. But, you know, that's how it goes. The White Sox are irrelevant. But um, base bas- or basketball is also irrelevant. So hockey is what we're clinging on to here. So we uh, – yeah. Real hard, but yeah, the Philly the Philly Eagles won today. I like I like watching them too. So that was very uh, very exciting. But uh, the Dolphins got their butts whooped, which was just fun to watch. So I was watching. I was actually watching them. Dallas Giants. Dallas obviously won. But um, yeah, so happy happy first Sunday of Sunday Night Football uh, of the NFL season, the most wonderful time of the year. Um, but we do have a couple things to jump into with free agency and things that are happening around the NHL as the season creeps closer and closer in. So we've got some free agency things to talk about here. Uh, Ian Barbashev, who was a restricted free agent this offseason, signs a two-year $1.475 million contract or AAV contract with the St. Louis Blues. Last season, he played in 80 games and had 14 goals and 12 assists for 26 points. Uh, He was also a part of the St. Louis Blues Stanley Cup championship team. So he was a part of that team. Uh, the big one that came out last week was Clayton Keller, uh, who would have been an RFA after this upcoming season. He gets on the ball early, and he signs an eight-year, $7.15 million AAV contract with the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, he what, Last year, he played in all 82 games. He had 14 goals and 33 assists, which comes out to 47 points. Um, he has only played, he's played in the NHL for the last two years, so he would have been out of his entry-level contract uh, within the next season. And he was in the 2016 draft. Uh, he was drafted by Arizona in the first round. He was seventh overall, uh, and he played at Boston University for his uh, his college career. So he gets on that early, and he signs, and he's staying on with the Coyotes, um, kind of kind of hoping he becomes the cornerstone of that franchise as they try and, you know, revive uh, revive it down there in the desert. It's not very popular down there, uh, which is a shame because now, well, I mean, now they have Phil Kessel, so Phil Kessel should really uh, help with that. They got a lot of young Phil guys Thrill. coming up. Yeah, so that was the big one last week. We can talk about that one once we go through all these names here. But uh, from there, Adrian Kempe signs a three-year, $6 million AAV contract with the Los Angeles Kings. 
Last season, he had 81 games. He played in 81 games, had 12 goals and 16 assists for 28 points. Uh, Riley Sheehan, who is a noted Chicagoan, he signs a one-year, 900 grand contract with the Edmonton Oilers. He formerly last year was with the uh, Florida Panthers. He played in all 82 games last year, had nine goals, 10 assists, and 19 points. Uh, and then the last two ones are pretty big that have happened uh, over the over the weekend. Jumbo Joe Thornton signs a one-year, two million dollar contract to stay with the San Jose Sharks at age 39, going into his age 40 season. Last year he played in 73 games, had 16 goals and 35 assists for 51 points. So you know he's still got it. And uh, Jake Gardner signs a four-year, $4.05 million AAV contract with the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, last season, he played in 62 games. He had he missed a majority of the those 20 games with a back injury. He had three goals and 27 assists for 30 points. So uh, Keller Thornton and Gardner are probably the biggest ones. Uh, Gardner especially because... He, I mean, he's making less. He barely got a pay raise. He's making less than what Cody Cece is making on the on the Toronto Maple Leafs, who essentially replaced him. And I mean, he he wanted to come back and play for the Leafs, but obviously Mitch Marner is holding everything up with these RFA negotiations. But uh, let's stop on Clayton Keller first here and kind of talk about that because there was a lot of a lot of buzz around this one when it came out, um, just because of not 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 so much the length. Um, we know Clayton Keller is going to be a great player in the league. Obviously, he was picked in the top ten. Um, and he has proven himself. Uh, he has 114 points in his career, but you know the the 7.15 million is is kind of what got people there. So um, I mean, he's a great player. I don't think he's 7.15 million dollars worth. I, I would have him maybe somewhere in the five six range. I mean, considering Nathan McKinnon makes like five million dollars, I I was just shocked. But I mean, that's that's what it is now. As the cap goes up, the how much the players are going to be played goes up, and inflation and all that stuff. But um, if you have any thoughts on that one. I think, and we kind of talked about it when it happened. I think he was overpaid a little bit, but I mean, it, it's whatever. I mean, it, it happens, and I, I don't think it's one of those. I don't think it's one of the contracts that's like definitely going to set the market or anything. But it was kind of interesting, um, just from from the perspective of somebody who doesn't follow the Coyotes in the slightest. I literally, they're just there for me. Um, with their stupid howling. Um, so I I don't know. I mean, I guess they don't have, like, in my opinion, they don't have, like, a superstar player. I mean, they have Phil Kessel now. But the past, like, couple of years, they haven't really had, like, this superstar player kind of guy. So I guess they're hoping that Clayton Keller is going to become that. I don't I'm not going to say that he can't become that. I think he could. Like you said, he was picked in the top 10, so it's not like he's a bad player. Um, I was just kind of surprised at the, not so much the term, but I was definitely surprised at the uh, price tag that came with the term. Yeah, and like, I mean, they have everybody within, for this season, locked up. They have no more RFAs and they have no more yep. UFAs to, to lock to up. Uh, they got about 200 grand or 180 grand in cap space right now. So they're, they're almost up to the books there. But I mean, they have Oliver Ekman Larson, who I'd, I'd consider as their, um, as yeah, their superstar. Fair. But they, they've got a lot of young guys on this roster. They've got Nick Schmaltz, Christian Dvorak, Lawson Krauss, Vinny Hinnestroza, 
Clayton Keller, Kristen Fisher, um, Connor Garland, and then on forward, and then they got Jakob uh, Chikrin on defense that are all under the age of 25 right now. So they've got a really young team, and then they've got guys around them like Phil Kessel, Derek Stepan. Um, They've got Michael Grabner. When he's healthy, he's great. Brad Richardson's also a great leader. Uh, Oliver Ekman-Larsen, Nicholas Jalmerson, Jason Demers. Um, And then on the back end, you've got Darcy Kemper, who was great last year, um, seemingly out of nowhere, and then Auntie Ranta. So you've got some guys that are uh, – it's, it's a good, healthy mix, and I don't think they're – I mean, they play in a weaker Pacific division, so they could try and um, – they could try for a wild, card, a wild card spot in the West for sure. I yeah. don't think they're getting those top three, but uh, they've got a young team, so that's that'll be pretty exciting. And, I mean, they got Clayton Keller. I guess they don't want to deal with any of what's going on this offseason with the uh, with the RFA situation, and I don't blame them because I nothing is I was going to say, I don't blame them. This is ridiculous. Like, it's getting absolutely ridiculous. Like, we are a week from – we're exactly a week from training camp, I think. Mm-hmm. Yes, as we're recording this, we're exactly a week from training camp. And Leafs – I know Leafs camp opens Thursday. Because there are, like – there are – how many of the uh, – there are a bunch of, like, big-name RFAs still left. I know we've been talking about this the past couple weeks, but – I can tell you right like, now. There are, like, 20, right, still? Wierenski, uh, Connor, Line A, Tachuk, Pugliarvi, Besser – um, McAvoy, Provorov, Rantanen, Konechny, Marner, uh, Kevin Fiala, Brendan Lemieux, uh, Brandon Carlo, uh, you go down the list, Braden Point. Yeah, there's, uh, there's probably, there's 31 right now in this list with, uh, in regards to, like the bigger names that I just mentioned, but there's yeah. 31 in total that are still, um, RFA status that have not been signed. So when I told, I told my sister, cause she was like, oh, I want, we were talking about, you know, we're doing our, um, we're doing our fantasy league again this year. And my sister and I were talking draft strategy today and she's like, Oh, I want to take Mitch Marner. I'm like, dude, I would rethink that. Yeah. He probably won't play until like November, December. Yeah. Yeah. Like they were saying, what about like Braden point? I'm like, I don't know, dude, he's not signed yet either. I'm, I, I made my draft strategy yesterday and I have all my picks picked out um, in regards to where I'm picking in the, in the round robin order. And I am literally staying away from every RFA that's on this list. Like I'm not, I'm not taking any RFAs because I just don't know when they're going to be signed. And, you know, we saw last year with William Nylander, he didn't get signed until December 1st. And then he had a, exactly. he had a down, a down uh, second half of the season. Cause he wasn't playing on NHL ice. He wasn't seeing things live. Um, like it, t- it takes a while for you to get accustomed to the game when you've been away for that long. So I'm not taking, I'm not taking any RFAs. I know I have like, I have three on my list, but they're all at the very bottom. So they're there like just if I like need an extra body or if I just need to grab somebody. Right. Um, But yeah, I'm going to try to kind of steer away from them too, because this draft class or not draft class, this uh, RFA class is just a mess. Like I, 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 I get it. I do. Like, you want your money, but you don't necessarily maybe want to stay forever. I get, like, I fully get it, but right. I think maybe somebody needs to just break the ice because yeah. we're about to have a bunch. It'll be interesting to see what happens over this next week before training camp because I think somebody's somebody big is going to get signed before training camp. That's my – At least one. Like, and I think it's going to be Zach Wierenski because everything I think that so I've too. heard about him has been pretty positive. Um, besides, yeah. you know, John Tortorella coming out and saying that he would be disgusted if he wasn't signed before training camp in an interview. So that's, uh, that's, that's John, John Tortorella. John Tortorella is just, uh, 
He's just a special, special breed of human. He's a special guy. He's a special guy. Um, but He's the uh, interesting. The other one I wanted to talk, uh, touch on before we move to some Blackhawks news is uh, Jake Gardner signing in Carolina and bolstering that defense. Um, you have got you. You've already got guys on the roster like a young guy Hayden Flurry, Gustav Forsling. You got Dougie Hamilton, Brett Pesci, and Jakob Slavin. Um, and you do have Justin Falk. But after the signing of uh, Jake Gardner, it's kind of seeming likely that he might be traded. Um, or is not playing the season with the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, the talks between their camp and uh, the Carolina Hurricanes camp have not been very progressive and not been very positive, according to insiders all around the league. But that defense core now that you've added, uh, Jake Gardner, who's a great defenseman. I mean, he's a 30-point guy, but when he plays a full 82 games, he's he's right around a 40-50 point guy, and he's a great defenseman. And a lot of people, I think, turned away from the fact that he had that back injury last year, but he's come out and said, listen, it's it's totally fine. There's nothing that would be holding me back for this upcoming season and I've trained all summer uh, in that regard. So, I mean, that, that bolsters that defense core really, really nicely back there. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty excited about it, especially because they gave up Calvin DeHaan, which, I mean, I can't be too mad about that obviously. Cause you know, Blackhawks, but, um, but yeah, they definitely needed like at least like one more veteran guy. And I figured maybe they'd either sign, uh, you know, stick with Falk or, uh, or they'd go out and get somebody. So I'm pretty excited that they got Jake Gardner because, A, he's a good old Wisco Badger. Love that. Um, and actually, I was talking to my mom. I'm not – I feel like there may be. I haven't looked into this. But I, my mom was like, has, has there been a Badger playing for the Hurricanes before? And I feel like there has been, but haven't looked into <laughs> it. But I'm very excited nonetheless to have him. Um, I think he's really good. I think he caught a lot of flack from – um, Toronto media. And As everyone does. It's that the was toughest. So, I was going to say that was somewhat unnecessary and somewhat un... Um, like, maybe not misguided, but just not, you know, not in the right place. Undeserving um, of that. Yeah. Undeserving, yeah. That's that's probably the word. Um, but I think that's just, unfortunately, the... The climate. That's kind of the trade-off of playing in, you know, either Montreal or Toronto, is that, especially those two. I know there are other... Um, places where the media is tough, but those two are the ones that come to mind that are pretty like they're going to eat you alive if you make one tiny mistake kind of plays. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty excited about him. I think he'll be a good, um, a good offensive defenseman for the, for the hurricanes, which I mean, you've got Dougie Hamilton who pretty much does that. And Brett Pesci is a plus minus God. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited nonetheless. Yeah, uh, so those are some free agency signings that have happened around the league. Let's talk about a little bit, a little bit about the Blackhawks because they do have a signing of their own as well. Uh, but before we get to that, I just want to touch on the 2019 uh, Prospects Tournament, which is held every year in Traverse City, Michigan. Um, there are only eight teams that attend this, so as teams drop out, other teams can join in. The Blackhawks have played in it the last couple seasons. Um, it's been happening, so it happens over four days, Friday, Saturday, and then Monday and Tuesday. Um, and they, they're in the Gordie Howe division with the Wings, the Blues, and the Leafs. Um, they open the tournament with a 5-4 to four overtime win with an overtime goal from Adam Boquist over the Detroit Red Wings, which was exciting. And then yesterday they lost 6-3 to three to the Toronto Maple Leafs prospect team. Uh, but today's the day off. They always do a bowling tournament, so there's some fun content from that. And then it picks back up tomorrow on Monday where we play the St. Louis Blues uh, prospects team. And then Tuesday is the championship day. So depending on where we finish tomorrow, how, um, how we do against the Blues will determine how they play on Tuesday. But 
uh, players like Kirby Doc, Mackenzie Entwistle, Brandon Hagel, Michael Hakarainen, Reese Johnson, Philip Kurashev, uh, Tim Soderlin, Michael Telpley, and then also guys like uh, Nicholas Bodan and uh, other prospects, Adam Boquist for sure, uh, have also been attending this and it's been pretty fun from all the highlights that I've seen and, and the, the, the Kirby Doc. Kirby Doc on the first day was just incredible. So was Adam Boquist um, from the things that I saw on Twitter. So that's really exciting. Uh, I, I think there's, like, if you Google it, there's streams. I'm sure that you can watch them on. Uh, but there are Blackhawks insiders like Chris Cook and then there's uh, Charlie Romeliotis, friend of the pod, uh, that is also up there to- covering it for NBC Sports Chicago. So two more days of that to keep an eye on. But another piece of Blackhawks news that came out this week, uh, Brendan Perlini, uh, who was also an RFA this year, signs a one-year, $874,125, very specific contract, with the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, last season, he had 68, he played 68 games, had 14 goals, and seven assists for 21 points. Uh, obviously, he came over to the Blackhawks in that deal with Dylan Strome that was back in Feb- uh, sorry, back in October of last year. And uh, he was pretty good for the Blackhawks. He had a, a stint in the middle, like towards the end of the season, where he was just a goal-scoring machine, and that's all he did. Um, I know Megan is really excited about this. Megan really likes him. Um, so Which, this is kind of her thing. I'm just kind of very when, indifferent. I'm like, eh, okay, he's a player. He's a body. When, but. I think it's – I don't know why. I I always gravitate towards, like – I hate saying it this way, and I don't – let me let me rethink the way I was going to say that. I always tend to gravitate towards players that I feel like don't do much. Yeah, but are, like, like the not big fun. name players. Yeah, like I mean, Antoine Roussel is one of my favorite players ever for absolutely no reason, <laughs> literally no reason. I just love him so much, and Brendan Perlini is just one of those guys. Yeah. Um, and uh, a fun fun fact: Joaquin Nordstrom is also one of those guys. I have his jersey from when he played here. Yeah, he's a black I just felt like I I just felt like Joaquin Nordstrom is my guy. Um. But yeah, Blackhawks so, legend. Blackhawks legend, Joaquin Nordstrom. Um, actually, I don't even know where he's playing anymore because I don't think he's playing with Boston, but maybe he is. Maybe he is still playing with Boston, actually. He I is playing Either way. with. He played with Boston last year. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. Um, anyways, back to Brendan Perlini. When this broke, we had been talking about. I think we've been talking about Jake Gardner, right? Mm hmm. Or we've been talking about somebody else, like. They happen on the same day. Yeah, I think it, I think we were talking about Jake Gardner, and you were upset about it. And I, and then uh, like out of the blue, you texted me Bubs, which is Brendan Perlini's like yeah. that's his Instagram handle, kind of, and his Twitter handle, and I guess his nickname. Yeah. Um, and my first thought was, oh no, <laughs> they let him sign somewhere else. And I think I texted you, like, a string of, like, really upset texts. And then I went to Twitter and saw that he re-signed with the Blackhawks. And I was like, oh, okay. oh no, I'm happy. Yeah. Was, it was, I was a mess. I was at work. And I'm, I'm sure my coworkers are just constantly in a state of confusion because I'll glance down at my phone. I keep my phone on Do Not Disturb at work so that I don't get distracted. But I get distracted anyways by it. It's a bad loop. Um, <laughs> but... Every time I check it, like, I feel like I make a face <laughs> because either something Blackhawks happened or something else happened with somebody else that I like. It's always something. Yeah. Like, it's always something. And I feel like I'm always making a face. Yeah. At my phone. And my coworkers are probably like, 
what is wrong with this girl? What's happening? Yeah, yeah. No, What's that's going on. I mean, he's a great depth guy for the Blackhawks. Obviously, he's not one of the superstars. Like he'll play on the in the bottom six, but uh, he was a good depth guy for us coming in. So. A one-year deal is also not harmful at all. Like, if it doesn't work out, then it doesn't work out. But he's he's not, like, terrible. He's consistent, so that's, no, that's he, a good sign. He, I feel like he hopped up and down the lineup okay. Yeah. He can probably like – he's like, kind of like a utility guy. You can just slide him wherever, and he does a pretty decent job at it. You know? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm down for it. I mean, you know, we need guys like that. It's It's always nice to have guys that can – step in where they need to like Andrew Shaw is another one of those kind of guys where he can probably like a bottom six guy, but he can hop in the top two lines if he needs to. And, um, I don't know. Those guys are, I find that those guys are usually my favorite players. Don't know why just, they just need the love too, you know? Yeah, they do. You know, they really freaking do. And it's funny because I think I actually texted you or I might've texted my sister. I don't remember, but a couple of days before he signed, I was like, if he signs, I'm getting a jersey. So I guess I get a jersey now. Oh boy. There you go. Oh boy. Yeah. So that was, those are some things that happened in Blackhawks world this week. Let's jump over to the NHL because there were a couple of announcements uh, to talk about. We'll start off on the top with Justin Williams. So Justin Williams has announced that he is not retiring from hockey, but he is stepping away from the NHL this season. Uh, after playing after playing the last 18 years, he has spent seven years each in both Carolina and with the LA Kings. He spent four years with the Flyers and then two years with the Washington Capitals. Uh, he has 1,244 games played. He has 312 goals, 474 assists for 786 points. He was taken in the first round, 28th overall in the 2000 NHL entry draft. He was an all-star in 2007, and he is a three-time Stanley Cup champion in 2006 with the Carolina Hurricanes and in both 2012 and 2014 with the LA Kings, and he was actually the Conn Smythe winner in the 2014 Stanley Cup playoffs. So uh, he, he basically released a statement that said, you know, up until this point, my summers have all been about preparing for hockey and, and mentally and physically preparing my body for the next season and for the grind that's supposed to come up, and he just didn't do that this summer, and uh, he doesn't really know what he wants his future to be in terms of hockey for the first time like ever. So uh, he's taken some time away, spend it with his family, decide what he wants to do. Uh, he might do, I was listening to this on Spit and Chicklets, and it sounded like it. If, if he did ever want to return to the NHL, it would kind of be like this, but it was a couple of seasons ago when Mike Fisher retired. I was going to say, back. that's... That's like what immediately of, came to mind, uh, where Mike Fisher signed like right before the playoffs, I think. Yeah, he came back. But he is uh, technically an unrestricted free agent, so if he does want to return to the NHL, it might not be with the Carolina Hurricanes. You know, if, if the Carolina Hurricanes are rolling and they've got that young team going and they're gunning for the playoffs again this year, then, you know, they might not want to take that on. But um, if, if they're just trying to get into a playoff spot or they're right on the bubble, they could use his help a little boost and a veteran presence in the locker room. So it could be an option there as well. It also depends on how much uh, how much money they've got under the cap to spend at that point. So um, with injuries and, and all of that stuff kind of pertaining to that. So um, best of luck to him. Obviously, like Megan has watched him uh, majority of his career because he did play in Carolina. Um I mean, Carolina literally has no cap space right now, so um, yeah. who knows what will happen with that. But Well, and it, it's funny because when this – so I think I saw a tweet. It, this happened, like, last weekend, like, over Labor Day weekend, and I think I had seen a tweet, like, the day before this happened saying that Justin Williams is pretty much going to have an answer for us, but it's going to be, like, either today or tomorrow. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I know what this means. And my like my gut reaction was he's going to retire, which is fine. Like I I get it. I 
fully understand. Sad, but I get it. Um, when he said he was taking a break, like when he's stepping away, I like it didn't. It just didn't feel any better. Yeah, I'm still really sad about it. It's very uncertain. Um, like you still don't kind yeah, of have an it, answer, you know? Yeah, um, which sucks. And oh boy, it was one of those things where I read it. And I read his statement and I literally, this sounds really stupid, but I literally grabbed my lint roller and just like angrily lint rolled my bed for a couple minutes to try and just like, my dog sleeps with me in my bed for those who are wondering why I sat and lint rolled <laughs> my bed. I do this every weekend. Um, but I like lint rolled my sheets because I'm like, I need to just sit and think about this for a couple minutes before I say anything. Just need to get and my anger out really quick. I just need to get my like frustration out here. Like I'm not frustrated at him. Of course not. But, right. and I'm not frustrated that like he waited until now to do it. It's his decision. Like I like, it's fine. Like I'm not mad at him. I'm really not like he needs to do what's best for him. Totally fully understand. I'm still sad about it though. Um, I mean, you have a right to be, think, you know, like as a fan. I think he just, like last season, I really think, I don't know, this might be a hot take, but I really don't think that they would have been as much of a powerhouse as they were, especially in that last part of that season without him on that team. And I think he he and Rod Brindamore were really like the cornerstones of that team. So it'll be interesting to see how this team looks this year because I don't, I would be surprised if they assigned a new captain like that I would quickly, guess, you know? Yeah, I would guess that Jordan Stahl is probably going to get an A, and if Justin Falk comes back, he'll probably get an A. Like when if they did that rotating couple, that rotating thing yeah. that they did a couple well, years ago? I hope they don't do that. That was stupid. Yeah. That was absolutely the dumbest thing I have ever seen. Yeah. For those of you not sure what we're talking about, a couple years ago, I think it was two, two, two years seasons. ago. It was four, before yeah, he was, was named captain. Ago, before, yeah, before Williams was the captain. They had... Jordan Stahl was the captain at home, and then Justin Falk was the captain away, I think, or flip-flopped. Either way, one of them was the home captain, one of them was the away captain, and it was stupid. And I don't think any of the fans liked it either. Um, They should have just kept it as, just given the A's, um, or make Jordan Stahl the captain. Right, right. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. And I love people on Twitter because they're absolutely stupid. Um, the majority of people on That's Twitter. That's not new. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not new at all. But um, there was this one guy, and I think Sarah Sivian retweeted it or quote tweeted it. I can't remember. But there's this one guy who was like, I don't blame him for wanting to get out of the, doing the stupid storm surge, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, he's oh, the one yeah. that started those, dude. Like, he literally was the one that he did the – he pioneered that idea. <laughs> he started that because he was making fun of the rookies that did stuff like that in practice. Mm-hmm. That's literally what that was. Mm-hmm. He started, it's the same, like Don Cherry made the same comments that like, oh, I can't imagine Justin Williams wanting to be a part of that. Like my dude, he was the one that started it. Yeah. Like, what? I don't know, but I'm, I am genuinely going to miss him. It'll be interesting. This whole season, I think last season really set a precedent for the Hurricanes and it's going to be interesting because I think a lot of people have very high expectations for them now. Like, mm-hmm. not even like beyond just them being a good team, but them being like a fun team, right? And like entertaining team off the ice too. So it'll be interesting. There are now a lot of things like: Are they still going to do the storm surge? Um, are they going to be as good? Like, I don't know. It's 
I know that sounds stupid. Like the storm surge one sounds stupid, but I think genuinely like a lot of fans are interested to see what's going to happen. Yeah. I don't, I wouldn't say concerned. I don't think anybody's concerned about the storm surge, Right. but I think it's one of those things where last season was so much fun to watch because like, not only were they good, but they also provided like a weird type of energy that I think like literally everybody in the NHL fell in love with them. Mm -hmm. And I guess it'll just be interesting to see where they go from here because now they don't have their captain. Yeah. And obviously like Rod Brindamore is a fantastic coach. Like they'll still be fine. Right. Um, he just doesn't have the kind of conduit in uh, Justin Williams that he did last year. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to say the least to see what happens with the hurricanes. I'm excited. Anyways, I'm going to the, preseason game against the Capitals, which is going to be a bloodbath. And I, for one, am very excited about it. Well, there you go. Well, there's another uh, another retirement that we have to discuss here as well, and that is Nicholas Cronwall, uh, who played all 15 seasons of his NHL career with the Detroit Red Wings, a big part of that 2008 Stanley Cup team in which he was a champion of. Uh, he has 953 games, so he was like 40, 47 games away from hitting 1,000. He's like, I'm going to call it quits. Uh, he had 82 <laughs> goals, 349 assists for 432 points. He was drafted one pick after Justin Williams. He went in the first round 29th overall in the 2000 NHL draft. Uh, and like I mentioned before, he was a 2008 Stanley Cup champion. Uh, but now that he is retired, he will move into a front office role. He will become the assistant to the general manager, uh, kind of like Dwight is in the office, uh, but to Stevie Y in Detroit, uh, assistant to the general manager. So that that's... Uh, <laughs> I had to bring it up. I literally read that and I was that like, was this really is, good. he's literally Dwight from the office, but, uh, he, I, I'm going to link it down below, but, uh, I, the, the thing that I'm going to remember most about Cronwall is that literally there is a verb named after Cronwall. You're getting Cronwalled. That guy was a brick wall. He like, I watched, a, I'll link it down below. I watched like a 20 minute video of him just cronwalling people. Patrick Sharp was one of the victims, but oh, like no. he, he, he put his, like the way he did it too, is just, I caught like he did his back. It was like his back and his butt. Like he never full on like shoulder hit someone. He just like backed it up into people and he was going like full tilt and he would just go boop and he just hit and, and it was like running into a brick wall, literally. Uh, so like literally that that verb dubbed Cronwald that is after getting you know wrecked by Nicholas Cronwall so he he's had a lot of back problems over the years and obviously wasn't doing much of that probably that's why he has back problems because he was wrecking people everywhere but um he he had a great career 15 years I'm pretty sure he's one of the last guys that was on that 2008 team to still be playing either for the Red Wings or for the uh in the NHL in general um, that was, that was a deep team. I'm going to see if I can like look it up here, but, uh, he is calling it quits after a long career after torturing the Blackhawks for, you know, <laughs> at least he didn't get Patrick Sharp's face. Yeah, that is very true. That's a very important he left aspect the of him. Okay. So here's the roster from the 2008 team. Okay. So Justin Abelkader is still on this team. So Justin Abelkader is probably the last one, but, uh, okay. Justin Abelkader, Chris Chelios, Dan Cleary, Pavel Dotsuk. Aaron Downey, Dallas Drake, Chris Draper, Matt Ellis, Jonathan Erickson, Valtteri Filpula, he's still playing in the NHL, uh, Johan Franzen, I remember him, Mark Hardigan, Dominic Hasek, Darren Helm, uh, Thomas Holstrom, Jimmy Howard, Yuri, Yuri Hudler, 
Thomas Kopecki, uh, Nicholas Cronwall, Brett Ledeba, Le Lebda. Then you got Nick Lidstrom, Andreas Lee Lija, Kirk Maltby, Darren McCarty, Derek Meech, Chris Osgood, Kyle Quincy, Brian Rafalski, Matthias Ritola, Mikhail Samuelson, Garrett Stafford, uh, Brett Stewart, and Henrik Zetterberg. So I'm pretty sure the only two players still playing are Valtteri Filippula and Justin Ablocator. And Justin Ablocator is the only one that's still playing on the Detroit Red Wings from that team. So that team has some... Like, Dominic Hasek was on that team. Chris yeah. Chelios. Like, obviously, Nick Lidstrom. Um, Henrik Zetterberg called it quits a couple years ago. But congratulations to Nicholas Cronwall. Thanks for traumatizing me in my childhood. Love that for <laughs> us. Um, Seattle NHL, who still doesn't have a name, which I'm pretty sure they say their nickname is supposed to come out around the All-Star game. So that'll be interesting to Oh, hear. really? Yeah, they announced that a See, couple I days ago. Just, I need them to just say it. Because at this point, I know it's going to happen. Because this happened with the... Uh, this happened with the Golden Knights too. They said their name and I hated it immediately. Yeah. And then it like ended up growing on me. I, I know I say this like almost every podcast, but uh, I still think that Vegas should have been the Aces. Yeah, you do say that like every I podcast. Just, I say that all the time because I feel like it should be. I mean, I like the Golden Knights. I really do. Yeah. Because their unis are dope. But I just feel like. There should be a petition to change it. Just like you just, missed a great marketing opportunity here, guys. <laughs> you did. You really did. Like the Golden Knights. Like there aren't any castles in Nevada, to my knowledge. <laughs> also, you say it weird. It's Nevada. What? It's Nevada. No, it's Nevada. I don't know. That's how, that's how I've always said it. Las Vegas, Nevada. It's Nevada. Anyway, if you think it's Nevada, <laughs> let us know down below and you can be wrong with Megan. Um, but the Seattle NHL hires Ricky Olchek as their assistant general manager. So he is formally um, he is formally a professional scout from the Toronto Maple Leafs organization. But this is the important part. He spent four seasons with Carolina as the assistant to the general manager uh, when Ron Francis was the GM. And now Ron Francis is the current GM of the Seattle team. So they've got a connection there so uh, just a little bit of Seattle news not much going on there um, this one's an important one and I'm glad I'm not glad that this happened obviously but um, I literally had just went on a rant about this on the last podcast um, but Dale Howarchuk is stepping away from the Barry Colts to, to deal with health problems and I um, around Twitter and, and online and stuff I heard that it was uh, related to mental health uh, he has coached the Barry Colts since the 2010-11 season uh, he has a 551 win percentage with 282 wins and 269 losses. Uh, in those in those years since he's been coaching there, they have three playoff misses and they have one conference championship. Uh, but the, the Barry Colts are obviously part of the OHL, which is a pretty uh, it's one of the more competitive leagues in junior. But he has coached players like Mark Shifley of the Winnipeg Jets, Aaron Ekblad of the Florida Panthers, Mackenzie Blackwood of the New Jersey Devils, and Andrei Svechnikov and Ryan Suzuki of the Carolina Hurricanes, young players for them. So uh, Dale Harachuk also played in the NHL, had a pretty storied career. I'm going to pull up his numbers here. Um, but literally, like, right after I had, I had gone on that rant. So he played in 1,188 games, hit 518 goals, 891 assists for 1,409 points. He was the first overall pick in the 1981 NHL draft. Uh, he won the Calder in 1981-82. He was a one-time All-Star, and he is also in the Hall of Fame. Uh, so... He had a pretty, a pretty storied career. He played eight years in Winnipeg, five years in Buffalo, and two years in Philadelphia for a 15-year NHL career. Um, oh, wait, no, hello. That was just under playoffs. Um, he played nine years in Winnipeg, five years in Buffalo, two years in Philadelphia, and one year in St. Louis for 16 years in the NHL. Um, 
but yeah, he, he had a pretty story career, never won a Stanley Cup, but he, uh, he obviously, I mean, he says he was a one-time All-Star, but here it says he went to five All-Star games. This is what always bugs me about hockey reference. They only put one on the top. But he was at the 82, 85, 86, 88, 97 um, All-Star game. But he is stepping away from his coaching role for the last nine years um, to deal with health issues. So props to Dale on doing that and putting himself first and doing something that is going to be beneficial for him, his health, and everyone around him. So wishing him the best of luck um, as he goes off to do that. Uh, but two other things that we can spend some time on. <laughs> Pierre Maguire uh, has been taken off the NBC Sports top coverage team and will be replaced by Brian Boucher. So this doesn't mean that he's not going to be off the broadcasts in general. He's just going to be on the B team that gets lesser games. But fans are very hot and cold about this. Obviously, there have been things in the past that have triggered people to not like Pierre Maguire. Uh, obviously, like... There were, I mean, here's the difference. People were cheering for him, at, like cheering for him losing this because of who he is as a person, not because of who he is as a hockey analyst. And I have read things um, like Greg Wazinski was saying too, you know, Pierre has a lot of knowledge and Pierre does bring a lot of things to an NHL broadcast, but I think his position between the benches was not the best suited for him. I think he would be better in a studio setting or in an analyst, more of like a controlled setting uh, because he might get too over his head if he's in between the benches or that's when those kind of interactions happen. But to wish him bad because he lost his position and is moving down is kind of anal to me. Like I don't, I'm not like, yay, Pierre lost his job, but I'm also not like, oh man, Pierre's off the top team. Like it's a, it's a healthy balance, you know? It was one of those things where like, I was more shocked by it than anything else because when the initial report came out, it sounded like he straight up lost his job. Like Mm -hmm. he's not doing any games ever again, Mm -hmm. which a little bit surprised me only because I just like, I, I agree with the fact that he would probably be better in like a studio setting because he has all these like, tidbits of knowledge like his brain is like an encyclopedia he he sure is and I think the first thing I texted you was like who's gonna tell me junior stats now um Sidney Crosby (laughs) (laughs) like literally like who's gonna tell me all that that junior's knowledge um but I I don't know like I've complained about Pierre Maguire before I know I have Mm -hmm. um I've probably complained about him on this podcast before but I've also complained about other people on NBC so that's not um, not the only one (laughs) no he's not the only one catching flack from me um from the NBCSN team um but yeah it was just I think the whole thing was weird to me because the first reports of it did like legitimately make it sound like he was completely canned. Mm-hmm. And that's when people were being ridiculously mean about it. And like, if you don't like him as an analyst, that's fine, but don't like attack him as a person. Yeah. They're two I completely am sure different he's things. a fine. I am literally sure he's a fine person. I've heard he's like, really nice and really kind. Well, he seems nice. I mean, he seems like a nice guy. Like he doesn't seem like he'd be malicious or anything. Yeah. Yeah. He's a little weird and a little out there, but he's nice. Right. So like, I, Oh boy. I, hmm, this is why twitter.com is kind of the worst. And I try to distance myself from it a little bit. Um, because sometimes People just shouldn't talk. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people should just maybe not speak their opinions. Right. Um, that sounds really bad, and I don't mean it in that way. It just 
sometimes people are just a little, especially on Twitter. And I think it's because you're behind a profile. You're not, it's the same thing as just any being on the internet in general. You're just going to get people like this. Twitter just happens to be like the cesspool of it. Um, you know, people are behind this profile. They're not actually talking to somebody like I guarantee you, none of those people would say any of that to Pierre's face. Um, and if they do, they're literally a terrible person because some of the stuff I saw was just downright ridiculously mean for no reason. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm semi glad that he's like sticking around. I feel like he's kind of like a staple of the I've always NBC known an NBC game like Wednesday yeah, Night Rivalry like I, with Pierre Maguire between the bunches. Yeah, so, like, I mean, and I think maybe I had talked about this with you or my mom, I can't remember, but, like, towards the end of last season, you could kind of tell this was going to happen because they started putting him on, like, the West Coast games. Yeah, like the later I think you and I are the ones talking about this. Um, which, like, is, I mean, that's fine. Um, so, like, I, I think... Like, it makes sense. I just, I was so shocked when they were like, yeah, he's getting canned. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Hold the phone here. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm I don't know that, like, relieved is the right word. Because, like, kind of like what you said, like, I don't really mind one way or another. Right. That he's stuck, that he's sticking around. But it was just, the whole situation was weird. And I don't know that it was reported quite the right way I think there is probably a lot of just confusion around it anyways but yeah Yeah. it'll be interesting to see uh to see how the MBCSN team does this year then yeah yeah sorry that went into a rant for no reason that's okay that's what we're here for uh two other things to mention really quickly so four women um will actually be affiliate officiating the NHL prospects tournaments uh Katie Guy and Kelly Cook who are referees and Christian Welsh and Kendall Hanley who are linesmen, were picked out of a group of 90 90 or so officials that attended um, prospect camps, and and, uh, there's like a big combine that they do, basically. And four women have been chosen to officiate, which is great. Obviously, in the NHL, there are no women officials, either referees or linesmen, uh, currently right now, but hopefully the tide will be turning on that. So that's very exciting, and congratulations to them. And to wrap up the NHL segment, the NHL media tour took place in Chicago last Thursday and Friday, the 5th and 6th of September. Uh, all of the big stars were here. Every single person that Thursday night was at the Bears-Packers game. I swear Literally to everybody. God. I'm sitting here and I was like, every player I've ever yeah. loved is in my city. And I have never felt... So far away. A good on a good day from my house to Soldier Field is about a 30, 35 minute drive. From here to my house, or from here to from my house to Fifth Third Arena, where they were doing all the NHL media stuff, is a good 20 to 25 minutes. So I was just, I'm right there. You know, I'm right there. Um, I actually was ballsy and I decided to uh, DM Elliot Friedman <laughs> after I was like, hey, he's in my city. And Megan's like, you should just DM him. And I was like, okay. So I DM'd him. Uh, he replied to me. He told me that I was, he was impressed with me and my willingness to reach out. I offered to take him and Jeff to lunch at the Palace Grill. Uh, meet George, you know, my best friend. But obviously it didn't work out because they were literally only here for two days and their schedule was packed top to bottom. But um, everyone was here. Sportsnet was here. TSN was here. Um, all the big networks were here. All the big stars were here. A lot of good content. Looks like it's going to be coming out from this for the NHL season. So that'll be really exciting. So obviously we saw all of the players' portraits. I actually was at uh, my, my Nana's house today with my cousins. And uh, she's standing there and we were talking about it was after the Cubs game was over and I turned on NHL Network and 
my cousin's girlfriend was there and she was kind of asking about hockey, blah, blah, blah. And my grandma sits up and she goes, Shaylin. And I was like, oh, yes, yes. And she's like, did you see the handsome pictures? And I was like, the handsome pictures? She goes, the one of them in the suits? I go, oh, you mean the portrait? She goes, oh, Jonathan Taves just keeps getting beautiful, just keeps getting more beautiful with age. And I was like, Nana, you are so right. She goes, that man is so handsome. And I was like, I know. She's like, they really did a good job with those portraits. Whoever decided to do that, that's a great idea. And I was like, I agree with you, Nana. I've uh, found a new phrase recently, and I feel like when I looked at the pictures of those portraits, this is the first thing that popped into my head. And I don't even think that this is even like a new phrase. I feel like this is just, I'm just new to it. Yeah. Um, but it's it's popped across my timeline a couple of times, but it's like just God spent a little extra time on him. Oh, dude, like, I said that, I said so that. Funny. I said that at the Sean Mendez concert. I was sitting with Daniela. I go, and on the wow. seventh day, God made Sean Mendez, and he took his sweet time. Like, that's yeah. that's how I feel. He spent a little extra time on him. Like, you can tell. Like, yeah. I hate saying that, but, like, oh, man. But that's how like, Nana feels. Like, Nana's look, 83 years old. So good. And it's not just those two. Like, Matt Barzal looked really good. Um, like, it, oh, the, all those portraits were so nice. And the portraits think- from... The Swedish one, too, the Swedish tour that they did with, like, William Nylander looking like an yeah. English professor. Those were really good, too. Like, Gabe, I saw Gabe Landeskog, Roman Yossi, like, ooh, just, yes, just more of that, more of that. So that was really exciting. So that was some things that have I been always happening. Love, uh, I always love Media Day because it's, like, two days of, like, a whole lot of content from every single team. And then and it sets like, you up for, like, the one week before yeah. training camp starts. You're like, I'm set. I'm good. I'm ready to go. Let's do this hockey. Yeah. No, oh. what was the what was the caption on Jonathan Taves' picture? Doing that what hockey shit. Yes, doing that hockey shit. Apologize or apologies for our uh, we're quoting somebody though, so it's fine. I'm quoting Jonathan oh. Taves. This is what Captain Sirius oh my God. said on Instagram, I, everyone. When I saw that, so I get he's the only person that I have notifications on for Instagram. I think I put them on when he first started and mm-hmm. I just never took it off because I don't I don't get notifications from people on Instagram just because like I'm on there enough where I'll see it. I don't get um, notifications at all. Like I just open like, it and I see a message. I'm like, Ooh, a message. <laughs> no, I get like, I get messages. I get notifications for messages only because my sister will berate me if I don't answer her, like, or if I don't look at hers right away. Um, plus, you know, like you send me stuff and my mom sends me stuff and coworkers send me stuff. So, um, I'm on Instagram literally all the time. And, I like for some reason he's the only one I haven't have any notifications for. And then I have like a bunch of people on tweet notification. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I actually still have you on tweet notification. I can't remember. Um, I think so. Um, but yeah, so I got the notification and I was like one of the first people to like it. And then I sent it to you. I'm like, Shay, look, <laughs> that was so great. I ran down my stairs and I was like, mom, captain Sirius swore on Twitter. I never are on Instagram. I never thought I'd live to see the day. Oh, so good. It was a good time. All right. We got some power plays. Well, actually I have my power play. We, we got one power play because your girl just can't think of any, when there's nothing happening, dude, like I give you a full week. I give I know. you a full week to think about this. I know. Believe me, I know. And you're acting like I don't think about it all week. And I come up with ideas, but they're usually, like, really stupid. And I'm like, I can't talk about that. Yes, and you can. So I just, 
No, There's I no can't. such thing as stupid ideas. Out. It's just stupid people having the ideas. I also, like, I feel like a lot of the times, too, I'm like, oh, I like this idea. And then I'll go back and look, and we've already talked about it. Like, it, some one of us has already talked about it in a power play, usually me. And I'm like, well, I don't want to talk about that again. Yeah. <laughs> I want to just rehash old stuff. Um, not that I don't do that all the time. Right. I literally talk about the same, like, five things on almost every single podcast. That's okay. The Vegas Golden Knights being one of them. That's all um, right. You know, it happens. But, yeah, <laughs> just... I don't know. I I was telling you earlier that I was very upset earlier today that I couldn't think of one because I was like, this is like the third week in a row. No, I think it's like the second week in a row. But it's it's happened a lot this summer though. Yeah, that's okay. You I know, I just gotta I just gotta bite the bullet and really think hard next week and maybe maybe something will happen. Who knows? I, something's gotta happen because at this point, <laughs> I need to talk about something. Right. Well, I have one. So I know, and I yours can, are always so creative and like, they just come to me, dude. I don't I know. I feel like yours are, what the funny thing too, is that yours are always like really deep and like, <laughs> kind of like make you think. And then mine are like, Brock Besser looks like Prince Charming. Here's the examples. I literally, like, I talk about it. Like, I'm not even kidding you. When I go to, cause I see my therapist on Saturdays. When I see my therapist, I literally sit down with her and it's like, all right, these are the things I'm going back and forth between for my power play on the podcast this week. Which one do you think I talk about? Because I just get so in-depth about things that she's just like, yeah. oh, I think you'd really hit the nail on this one. And it's great because she never you knew. You really like, get on this one. She doesn't know. Like when I started going to see her and I'm actually coming up on my one year, which I think it's like the 29th of September is like my one year of starting going to therapy. And uh, we were talking about it in, in the beginning. Like I talk like I literally like – if any of you listen to the Steve Dangle podcast, like he talks about all, like makes jokes all the time. Like, oh yeah, I, that's what I talked to my therapist about. Like the Leafs ruining his life. But like literally I talk to my therapist about hockey all the time, especially during the season when it's really just getting me. And she told me the other day, really it. she told me the other day, she's like, I literally, I'm not going to lie to you. I knew nothing about hockey. And then you came in and started being my client. And now I actually know things. Like she asked me about a player the other day and I was like, I'm so proud of you. Like I've taught you so much. And so she'll literally ask me like, because I talk about the Edmonton Oilers a lot. She's like, all right, what are those oil oil team doing? And I'm like, the Oiler boys are not doing great. The Oiler boys. Yeah, so did it's you see funny. That, did you see that um, video of Connor McDavid, like, super stick handling and then Corwin from bar down trying to do it? And he was just like, the ball immediately just, like, flew away from him. Like, I think I sent it to you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like, well, oh, man, Connor McDavid stick handling. As much as I, like, am pretty indifferent towards him. I I could literally watch him. I could watch him stick handle all day long, it's like magical. legitimately all day. I could watch it on a loop. It's and mesmerizing, not dude. Much. Oh hey, the Pats, the Patri- the Patriots, the Patriots are up <laughs> seven nothing. <laughs> the Patriots, the Patriots. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready for my power play. Okay, go. Okay, so this is something I just wanted to touch on before the regular season begins, because as we know, training camp starts next week, and then it's preseason, and then it's the regular season, right? So. General PSA about fan etiquette before the season begins. I know it can be very frustrating when you can clearly tell that someone might be a bandwagon fan or might be a new fan because, trust me, after the 2016 World Series, the amount of Cubs fans that were bandwagon fans from that year is just enough to make me just want to bang my head into a wall repeatedly. But here's the thing. If you want this sport to grow, and obviously, for those of us who listen to this podcast, obviously we are big hockey fans. We know more than just the general fan about it. And so 
we're, we're big fans and we're supporters of the, the game and the league and all that stuff. If we want our game to grow and if we want our league to be able to expand and to reach new markets and new people and people from all over, you need to be willing to accept those people that may not know as much as you or may not have, haven't been around for as long as you have like those diehard fans from day one. Like I watched the Blackhawks when I was a kid, but I wasn't day one. Like I was with the Cubs. Like literally I came out of the womb and I was in a Cubs blanket. Like it was literally day one for me, but for the, for the Hawks, I didn't get into them until I was in about fourth or fifth grade. So it, it's, it's a different timeline, but just a general PSA, like don't be rude to those fans. Don't make fun of them at games or online, especially online, especially if they're younger and they're trying to get into the sport and like make sure that hockey truly is for everyone because it's much more enjoyable when you have a packed arena or you're chatting with really fun fans on, on Twitter or Instagram and stuff like that. And just, I just really like it for as much as those fans exist and as much as it's easy to be like, those girls are so annoying or those guys are so annoying. I mean, they're, they're, they're becoming fans of the game. They're trying to come to the game. They're trying to learn. We all were at that point at some point in our fandom. We were all a beginner. We were all like just starting to get into it. So just as a general PSA for this upcoming season, be a good fan, have good fan etiquette, talk to the person next to you at a game. You never know. You could become friends with them or you could have a good conversation with them. And, you know, just, I don't know, have your fandom, let them have theirs and don't try and one up other people by being like, Oh, well, I was here first and I did this first. Just, you know, accept people as they come into the sport and show them how we do it. Blackhawk style. I don't know. Just a general PSA. No, and I completely agree with you on that. Like, I feel like I am 1,000%, or I was 1,000% a bandwagon fan. I literally, the only reason I even vaguely know about the Blackhawks was because of the 2010 Stanley Cup. And then I continued to kind of follow them. And then I really started following them after the 2015, the 2014-15 season. So I, I would say that I'm probably, I probably fall into that category. Um, and I, I feel like people were nice to me. Like, I don't feel like I, like I literally, the day that they won the Stanley Cup, I was leaving Chicago. Mm-hmm. And the guy in front of me at security had a Taves jersey on. And he couldn't have been nicer about this because I was an idiot. And I said, I literally called him toes. And um, (laughs) the guy was nice about it, though. Like, he was, like, talking, you know, he talked to us anyways, even though I completely mispronounced the name on the back of his jersey. Yeah. Um, And, like, the, I mean, from a Blackhawks fan perspective, like, Taves is, like, one of the big ones that you should know. But he was super nice about it. Like, that's how you should be. Like, not everybody knows. Like, and even, um, you know, my sister and I were at, um, we went to a Hurricanes game last year um, when they were playing the Maple Leafs. And the girl next to me was wearing a Maple Leafs, like a blank Maple Leafs jersey. And she was pronouncing, bless her heart, she was pronouncing every single player's name wrong for the Maple Leafs. And I, my sister was sitting there laughing at her. And I'm like, Olivia, don't say anything. Just just let her be just let her be just let her be like she's she's trying she's trying the guy next to her wasn't correcting her which I was kind of surprised by because it's not it seemed like he was maybe her boyfriend or something yeah um and he took her to the game but I don't know it could have been her brother I don't know yeah uh but he was just letting her mispronounce all their names and like that's you have to learn that stuff like I, and I, this is coming from somebody who mispronounces literally everybody's name. I cannot for the life of me say names. I, 
like the Russian names really get me. The Swedish names really get me. I just, it's hard. And like, I literally, I will mispronounce your name and I'm not doing it because like, I, I can still be a fan of you. Right. I'll get it eventually. Right. And you're trying. And like, literally I was on the Leafs bandwagon before I became a fan, like three seasons ago, I was on the, I was on the Vegas Golden Knights bandwagon when they first came into the season, into the NHL. And I was fully like, I am on this bandwagon. I got through the first season. Like once I get through a whole season of cheer, like really cheering on a team like that I did with the Leafs and the, uh, the Golden Knights. And I consider myself a fan because I was like, I've been here. I watched almost every game, followed almost every game. Like I, I I know the players, like I'm in it now, but like I'm on, like, I'm a fan of the, I'm a fan of the Montreal Canadiens. Like I'm a fan, like I'm a bandwagon for the Colorado Avalanche, a hundred percent a bandwagon for the Colorado Avalanche. But like, that and makes I, it like, fun. Like, expand from your own team. Like, learn exactly. other players. Like, learn other teams. Ha- like, I just, I, I just find it so frustrating when people either make fun of other people for being a bit. Ba- like, you have to start somewhere. Like, right. Not everybody is. Not everybody's just born liking a team. Like, I. I mean, I was pretty much. I mean, I had a Brett Favre jersey when I was like four. But like, it, like that's one of those things, like, obviously that was passed on to me, but, and my mom likes the Blackhawks, but not to the extent that I do. Yeah. And like my dad and my stepmom both kind of like the Blackhawks now that I'm into them. It, and like my sister likes hockey. She likes the hurricanes, but like, you, like everybody has to start, like you have to start somewhere being a fan. Mm-hmm. Like it, most people are bandwagon fans because that's when they start to get noticed. Like that's when the team starts to get noticed. It's the same thing with like, I don't think people really talk about like being a fan of like an, like a musical artist or like an actor or something in a bandwagon type of way. Mm -hmm. But I think it goes the same way. I mean, you look at like people like Taylor Swift who like she was performing in like tiny little bars and whatever in Nashville before she got really big and I guarantee you there are people out there who are like, well, I've been a fan of Taylor Swift since so-and-so. And it made perfect example too. Like even like I, so I think I've said this before on the podcast, but I'm recently getting into K-pop and I've been getting into BTS, especially the past like couple months. And that fandom, well, let me tell you, is one of those fandoms where if you have not been a fan for more than like a year, they're like, you're new. And it, it just, like, what do you mean? Like, well, just let me enjoy this. Like, I'm matter? here. Does that matter? Like, yeah. Does it matter? Like, I'm sorry that I don't know every inside joke. I'm sorry. It's the same thing with, like, TV shows and movie series and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. just because I haven't been here from the start does not mean that I am not as much of a fan. Like, yes. it does not determine how much of a fan I am, how long I've been a fan, if that makes sense. That's exactly so what I, I was going to say. Like, it does like, not matter. Like, let me be a fan of whatever I want to. You Unless you're like, of- like if you're not hurting anybody, if you're not making fun of anybody, if you're not exactly. like trolling anybody on the internet and you're literally just trying to be a fan of a sports team, I don't see why people should be having a problem with it. Because it's like, and if you love the sport and you love the game so much, you do want to expand it to other markets. You do want more fans to experience what you experience and fall in love exactly. with the sport that you love so much. So why, why would you ridicule someone for trying to get into it? That's you the know? thing is like, I, that's what I will never understand is like, you want other people to be into what you're into, but the second they are they're a bandwagon fan because they're only getting into it like yes and there's they're getting a line into it late or they're getting into it because it got big yeah. and and there's a line uh, like there's a lot of fans after the 2016 world series that 
were like, oh, I've been a Cubs fan my entire life, and you just came into the Cubs? Like, you just like them because they won the World Series. And there's a couple people that I know and I see on Twitter that are all, like, that literally will come at people and be like, I've been here since, like, 2015. You need to back off. And I'm like, hi, hello. Um, I've been a fan since, like, I was born, and I suffered through a lot of really, really yeah. bad baseball. And, like, I've been here. And, like, I, I know people that have just become Cubs fans in the last five years, and they are nice about it, and they're genuinely interested, exactly. and they don't come well, on here and, and ridicule people like you, and that's why people don't like you. Like, it's, if exactly. you're rude to like, someone, like, it's, it, it makes you, it turns people off from you, you know? Well, and a lot of people, so I used to read, I still kind of read it. It doesn't update that frequently, but I don't know if any of you have heard the webcomic, Check Please. It's about hockey. And when I used to, when that comic used to update very frequently, back when I was in college, like two or three years ago, um, people, a lot of the people I followed were Penguins fans because that's around the time the Penguins were winning, when they won those two cups back to back. And I can't tell you how many people got mad about the fact that this comic was getting people into hockey, but getting them into the penguins. And I'm like, okay, but say you, say you just wanted to read the freaking comic because the art style was cute Mm -hmm. and you started enjoying like the fact that it has hockey in it. So you look at hockey, well, what's going to be splashed across every page? The fact that the penguins are winning, like what, what do you expect? Like, that's just how things go. Like it just, like, oh, it just makes me so mad when people get really, like, specific about what well, I've been a fan since whenever. Like, I don't care that you've been a fan that long. I've been a fan of the Packers since I was a kid. I've been a fan of the Brewers since I was a kid. I, uh, right, right. I've been a fan of the freaking Charlotte Hornets since I was a kid. And, like, it just, like, it doesn't matter. Like, what? Right. I've only been a fan of the Blackhawks for the past like three or four years, but right. that doesn't make me any less of a fan than like you or my mom. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I just, I have, I have intense feelings about the bandwagon thing. I really do. Just be nice to people. It's not that hard. Yeah, no, exactly. And so that's what I was End trying to of. get across there. End of conversation. So that being said, we do have some countdowns here as we're getting closer. Uh, We've got about eight days left until the preseason begins. We've got 26 days until the regular season opens in the NHL. And then we've got 32 days until the home opener versus the San Jose Sharks. So just getting everybody super excited for the season coming up. I know we both are really excited for things to get going. Uh, But thank you again for tuning in this week. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. It's a little bit shorter, but hopefully this is like right around the one hour mark is going to be where we're at during the season, maybe a little longer. So we'll see how it's going. But uh Hopefully you had a great week. Hopefully you have a great great week upcoming. Uh, Thank you for coming back. Leave us a comment, drop, subscribe, everything um, like that down below. And we will talk to you guys again next week. Have a good one. Bye, guys.